What's up, kid folks? Back with the Young and Drum podcast. I'm RJ Young. That's Brandon Drum. Brandon, dude, uh, let's get started with the emojis. Some emojis dropped on Wednesday morning, tweeted by the Lincoln Riley, which signals a commit. Uh, You posted a note on the board, and I want to let you take it from there. Yeah, so I uh, was, I guess we talked about it last Friday. Yeah. About the potential, well, it was Thursday or Friday, I can't remember. I put up on the board, hey, look, there's some good news coming. Uh, not sure when it's Oklahoma's going to put it public. Not sure when all that stuff's going to happen, but rumors started to circulate about there being a, um, a commitment. So I hit up um, some of my sources, and they were able to confirm it to me that, hey, look, Oklahoma did get a commit, 2020 offensive guy. And I laid out the hints on our board who it was, just kind of playing wordplay and stuff like that. So people people figured it out. Some people did. Some people didn't. I even had people yesterday texting me going, dude, I, I can't I can't even figure out what you're talking about on the uh, on the board. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like, oh, well, go read my other post. I gave it in the comments, kind of hinted to, towards it. And uh, so, yeah, you got a really good – I mean, it – it's going to help Oklahoma's class, and it's in a position where people had questions about that certain recruit that position's recruitment this season. So um, people were frustrated with that position. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Like it, it, it's a position on the offense that people were very frustrated with. And then to top it off, uh, there's there could be more good news coming around the corner just because of the uh, the firing of – and for it's an unfortunate firing because I know Chad Morris, obviously. Um, he and I have exchanged text messages throughout this past week. Um, he's a good, good man, and I feel bad for him. But it could work in Oklahoma's favor with Chandler Morris. I'll, I'll, I'll be down there this Friday, so we'll, we'll have more on that later on. So to that end, though, like because I've also been – very clear about Chad Morris is a really great guy, and I think he's a great offensive mind, offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, and you can mm-hmm. you can do a lot worse than than his kid Chandler, who is not only the son of a coach, a quarterback, and four star, but a lead eleven invitee. He's going to be at uh, the opening final next next year in twenty twenty, and he is also passed for four thousand yards, forty six touchdowns as a junior. He's averaging three hundred eighteen through the year this year. <laughs> Probably going to win another state championship with the Highland Park and the Scots, but no, uh, there's there were a couple of there were a couple of leads that I'm still chasing down. I, I, we can talk about it now because we talk shop. Auburn feels like a landing spot just because the offense fits, and you're not sure about what you got going on with Bo Nix, and if you feel like perhaps that's not going to be your guy, and you can get Morris on. But I also thought that this was interesting, and I put this to you, Brandon. I think Chad's going to get an offensive coordinator job if he wants one, right? And I think he gets one with the quickness because, like, for me, it's like there's been a call for Sonny Cumbie to be fired at TCU. Chad Moore sells it up at Texas Christian. That's a really easy, hey, I'm bringing my kid with me. But then you got Doug in there and so forth, so on. So what's your read on the package deal that could be Chad Morris and Chandler Morris? Yeah, so, uh, yeah. that that, Because that that, would rule Oklahoma out. Obviously, that that would rule Oklahoma out. Obviously, um, I I even threw out. If you go and you read that that art, the the first when I talked about it, um, I even threw it the first time I talked about 
uh, Chandler Morris and the possibility of Oklahoma really pushing for him. I even said, look, Oklahoma, they, they've, they've talked about doing the su- more support staff and all this stuff. Chandler or Chad Morris and Lincoln Riley are very close. I talked to Chandler about this Chandler and, and, and Chad, and they're both like, yes, we're very close with Lincoln Riley. And, and you knew that because when uh, Chandler would come down on his visits, Chad was always with him. Right. And norm coaches, sorry, but division one coaches usually don't go on big trips with their, with their kids. And most coaches don't allow son, the fathers, if they're a coach in division one football to go on those trips with their kid to another division one school, just because of the optics of it all. And it just looks weird and stuff like that. But I mean, Lincoln Riley is so close with, Chad that it was like it was okay and he shows up with him over and over and over so it wouldn't shock me if they said you know what why not just throw Chad uh, yeah Chad Morris into a support role on the offensive side because they run similar offenses he's a genius just like Riley is when it comes to that stuff everybody knows it you look what he did at Clemson and Clemson's still running that offense um what they run is the basis of what uh, Chad set forth years ago and when they turned the page and got a lot better, Clemson was under, on the offensive side, was under uh, Chad Morris's watch. And he did the same thing at Lake Travis. I mean, there is just a lot to like uh, with Chad Morris and the Oklahoma deal. But to your point with TCU, yeah, it makes sense. But, how, like, why would you – I know there's been rumblings, but why get rid of Sonny Cumming? Because look what that offense is doing now that – the. It's a freshman at quarterback, and he's getting better and better and better every week. I mean, it wasn't his fault that, you know, look, you know how much I love Patterson, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but, I mean, you, you, it's one of your your star guests on your podcast, man. Yeah, I love yeah, Patterson. Yeah. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's a friend of mine, and uh, the guy, look, straight up, he sometimes, I will, and I would tell him this to his face, like, I don't agree with his recruitment of quarterbacks sometimes, and he's the one that signs off on it. No, like he likes us. My favorite a particular guy. My favorite story about about Gary is that Max Duggan is a known commodity out of Council Bluffs, right? We all know about yes. it. Yes, only a few of yes. us went up to see him, and I think most people yes. would tell you that because it's it's Council Bluffs, Iowa. <laughs> so when he came down to the opening, we all really wanted to see him throw, and he looked good. And it's like, so how do you end up at TCU? I told him I wanted to come, and you ask Gary, and you're like. How did he end up? He told us he wanted to come. Like, he just does, he can give a damn. Like, he just doesn't care. No, he's a defensive guy. Oh, man. my God. He, it's the greatest thing. And he likes the athletic quarterbacks because it's hard on his defense. Right, because that's how he's viewing it. So, like, Trayvon yes. Boykin spoke to his soul in that, yes. no, this is this is this So is does Sean Robinson. Right, because, and then Casey Paul Hall and, um, yes. oh, man, I'm, I'm missing one. Uh, not Kenny Hill. Uh, the, the one, yeah, Kenny Hill and then the, uh, the, the, Long name dude that was that uh, ended up being really good for him right. uh, in like 2016 and 2017. But, but point being, like he looks at it from the standpoint of we're going to get a good scout team look from our first team quarterback. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's always he does. Awesome. It's it's that that's just that's but it hurt, it hurt on the flip side. It hurts Sonny because he has to really hone these guys into being you know mechanically sound, technically sound, and what they're doing as far as the, their quarterback stuff. And it that's not what you want. But when you get a Max Dugan that's already that and he can run a little bit, 
look what they're becoming on offense. I mean, yes, it took time because he's a freshman. And I, I kid you not, so I bumped into a couple people. You know, when you go to these games, you bump into them, blah, 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 people all the time. And I literally was told this from a source at TCU. I asked him before they're even their first game, I said, who's going to be y'all's quarterback? And he turns and looks at me and he goes, the freshman. I said, why? And he goes, well, because he's got a lot of heart and people seem to rally behind him. And you can see that on TCU's team. Like they are. They're not there yet. But they will be in a couple of years. Especially we, if they keep him. We we say we've said for years that TCU's a quarterback away. I mean it's a they jo- are. it's a joke now. But the fact that Alex Delton was voted a captain and then left the team and then Duggan's playing ostensibly hurt, right? And and puts mm-hmm. on quite a performance against Baylor, quite honestly. I mean, that was a yes, that was a fun does. game to watch for anybody that, that did sit there and watch it like like me. But yeah, I did too. To 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 get back to Morris and to his kiddo, I found it interesting that because I went to University of Tulsa when Gus Malzahn was the offensive coordinator there and Morris was come was brought in after Malzahn left in, in large part because the offense was basically the same. Right. It was it was we're going to run the ball and we're going to stretch the field. And if we have an athletic quarterback, Darley. we're going to use that Darley. basically triple option. Look. Darley. So is, is Darley OK? Say what? I said, is Darley OK? Oh, you could hear I muted myself. No, you did not. <laughs> Sorry. No, nope, that's in the podcast now. That's oh, awesome. No, that, I'm trying to get staying. my dog. She's like snoring in here. I'm trying to get her out of the room. <laughs> I can't hear her. So if I can't hear her, they can't hear her. But, okay. But okay, no, that's fine. No, it's like, it's like I can hear it. I'm like, dude, it sounds so bad in my ear. Oh my god. Okay, and I press mute, man. That's crazy. Anyways, all right. So, the point that I'm making is like, if if Morse and I think this, you're shading this came over to Oklahoma as like a senior offensive analyst or something, mm-hmm. um, so that he could spend some time with his kid and, and collect that buyout money from Arkansas, while you know OU's not on the hook for any of that. Or I would say, no, they're on the hook for whatever it is they would yeah, pay him. They, it would have to be like, so it, it, in the contract, they always read, and this is what I was, right. I talked to some people, like he can't make past like $70,000 or right. $80,000 right. a year. Right. So oh, you would have to top him off, but it wouldn't matter because he's got all that buyout money right. coming in. So, I mean, it would work in Oklahoma's favor if they were to go that route. And I, I do think they're going to go the route of adding, you know, a defensive analyst and an offensive analyst at the end of the year. I do. I just have a funny feeling they're going to start to really mm-hmm. look into doing the, the – because Riley's been pushing this and they, they've told say, him. You, you, this, don't, you don't have a funny feeling, Brandon. The only person that talks to more people over there than me is you, all right? So like, Yeah. Well, <laughs> so he's been pushing this for a while. Like he has. And that was one of the deals when he, when, uh, he re-upped his contract was – Hey, I want more support staff, right. and they started to get him a little bit right. more quality control stuff. Now, now the analyst part, because he wants to get caught up with the Michigans, the Alabamas, uh, even the Texases of the world that have all the recruiting support, all that type of stuff. At one point, Texas had two former uh, head coaches as analysts. Now, B- Beatty is is a different deal altogether, but at one point it was going to be Beatty and Fedora as analysts over at Texas, and I was going, man, what what would that look like if Lincoln had an opportunity to do that at OU? But also, let me throw this in here. Let me throw this as a as a caveat to this entire conversation. Would Chandler want to come here knowing that Brock Vandergriff is behind him and Rattler and Mordecai are in front of him? I think that that's worth talking about that, because 
he can go, a good question. He can go play right away at a Sunbelt <clears throat> team, but he's going to have to work really, really hard at a Power 5 program where his dad isn't a head coach to, mm-hmm. to win that job. I mean, like, if nothing else, John Steven doesn't – he didn't look good. And uh, for those yeah. folks that don't know, uh, John Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones's grandson, Stephen Jones's son, went from Highland Park, where he was a starter before Morris, to Arkansas, and he's played a little bit, but he hasn't looked great out there, man. So right. it's it's not as if like they're just turning out. But he was a freshman. Wasn't yeah, no, he? yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, no, well, I'm a sophomore. Yeah, redshirt freshman. Yeah, yeah redshirt but freshman. my point is, my point is, this is not Rattler. You know, this is not Vandergrift. Right. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. Like you're gonna you're well, gonna take some time. levels. Yeah. Obviously, different levels of play. Um, Chandler, for people that don't know, is a good. He's a he's on the small side. Like when you see him in five ten one seventy five. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's five ten. He's all of five ten people. Like I mean, he he looks it. He's very he's very his frame is very thin. But if you see Chad, you see that he's he's got the capability because Chad's built the same way, just older. Obviously, they look almost they look like twins, and it's it's. It is that he's he's a he's not going to be as built as thick as Kyler, and he's not going to be able to move as well as Kyler. But he can move. Don't get that twisted. The kid can move. Um, he he's a smart kid, and he's very accurate. So that's what he uses is his his accuracy and the the way he can move inside the pocket is very it's pretty unbelievable actually. Um, but yeah, the, between Rattler Vandergrift, that's what I want to find out. Like I'm going down there to talk to some people. Uh, I just got my credential today, so it'll be good. Uh, man, it took a long time to get that credential. I <laughs> I handed them like 20 different times their emails. They just they they're just very slow to react to those things. And I talked to a bunch of people. Like in Frisco, is even worse. If you work for like 247 or Rivals or somebody like that, you don't get a credential at all in Frisco ISD. Only newspapers and radio and TV. No joke. So that it, it took a while to get get credentialed. Um, so it, I can't wait to go down there and find out. Literally, because I want to know like where is their head at? Because A and M's a team that's been brought up. Yeah. TCU. Yeah. And Auburn. But and I mean, Oklahoma. they they Those just had four. Haynes. Like Haynes is committed there. Yeah. Like, that's the other part of this that's interesting. One, the reason we're talking about Chandler Morris as a 2020 prospect that is in play for Oklahoma is because he is the only uncommitted quarterback prospect with an offer from yeah. Oklahoma that's that's the first domino the second he was one the is, only one that Oklahoma really wanted well I'm, no Bryce Young he, he well won, yeah yeah okay yeah but won, I mean realistically out, out, they, but yeah. but Bryce you know how this worked quarterback recruiting you you recruit one guy you recruit <clears throat> right. one guy now he saw Bryce Chandler fell off in the summer and then right they started pushing for Chandler really really hard well I don't know that they pushed for him really really hard because you and I were both saying that there's no chatter and I think well, that they spoke. When I say they pushed, they recruited him. They they brought him in on several visits and stuff like that. And he was really the only but guy you they were and I, like, after. You and I he have was no Arkansas the whole time. Though. You and I have no paper trail other than to say, "Hey, we checked in. He's probably going to play with his dad." Like that was yeah. That was as far as we go. So I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like, like the Jalen Hurts thing or, or like that you were shading. But I just no. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah it, it, basically to deal with Bryce, they really pushed hard. And they tried. They tried to flip him several times, and he kept saying, "Yeah, I'm thinking about decommitting from USC and blah." And oh, you got kind of because we no, we were you and I were working that really hard, especially yeah, when when I mean, Kingsbury left. Yeah, and he 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 just didn't. 
it, it just never I don't know what it was. I think it was more or less the second they got Rattler. Yeah. And then 100%. the second they heard Vandergriff was huh. going because that Vandergriff stuff started this past summer, right. like not but, this past summer, but the past the winter. Past, winter. When he got offered right. in January or, or December or whenever it was, I can't remember. January. It, yeah, it, it it everybody knew right then and there that that's probably where Vandergriff was going because I put I put my crystal ball in like in February or March. I can't remember, but that that was literally where you thought, okay, the second when you talk to his family, it's Oklahoma. It was Oklahoma, and that was it with with Vandergriff, and that I think scared um, Bryce Young away. And but the weird part is, is that he's going to a school that has <laughs> Tagliavoa. It's got. Uh, who else is there already? Um, Mac Jones. Get, yeah, Mac Jones. And yeah, but who'd they get in uh, 20, 2019? Yeah, his little brother. Ta- 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 yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so they're they're set there for – I mean, it's just weird how the quarterback recruitment in the 2020 has played out all across the board. And you might as well just add Chandler Morris to the thing because nobody expected – I guess to start the season, you didn't think Chad Morris was going to get fired – and then when he did, you knew Chandler was not going to go there. And from that point on, it's just kind of, how is this going to play out? Let's take a break and pick it up with some more recruiting as we haven't yet got to the eyeballs that were dropped in a real way. Well, yeah, I guess we have. Let's, let's yeah, let's talk also, about the start. Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about Baylor and Oklahoma. Let's talk about the game on yeah. the field. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, let me take a break. All right, screw it. Let's go with that. Because, like, right. you know, the note is Oklahoma's 10-2 and in those alts, and they're 5-0 and on the road. So, like, why are people pissed? Because they look crappy. That's why. They suck. I don't like them. Like, I, I'm not prepared I to say that I, they jinx anybody, but because the people that say they jinx you are the folks that remember Texas Tech and Landry Jones. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's years ago. That's a different friggin' regime. Yeah, that's a different <laughs> that's friggin' a regime. You know what I mean? It's a decade ago. And that's, Old you know, man yells at cloud. No, seriously, that's that's what it is. So th- I get that aspect of it, and I also get the aspect of people like me. It's like, no, they suck. I, I would rather that you just wear the whites. You know, <laughs> just... I, I get it. I do think the road whites are the classics are the best look in all college football. But I do love OU when they do crimson from head to toe and they have the black socks and the black uh, uh, shoes, cleats. Oh, oh, my gosh, that's the cleanest look. Give me and a then... blackout uniform. I want that too. I want that too. If you're gonna do it, go hard. Yeah. The problem is, is the donors, the old donors, they've they've been staunch against. The only reason why the old donors are okay, to a sense, with what they have now, is because it's a combination of all the uniforms that OU has used throughout the years. And that's my beef as well. Like people are like, "Well, you just stay with the classic." Okay, but what are the classics with Oklahoma? They look back how many times they've changed uniforms. Don't tell me it's classic. So it's a classic because they used them from 70 to, what, 2019? So that makes it a classic? It's a classic because it's in your lifetime. That's what they've used. Before your lifetime, they used like 20 other different uniforms. And nobody griped about it then. 
Why gripe now? And that's my beef. I know they don't look the best, but that's a different story. That's a whole nother subject. People are literally griping because they just don't like them. Why not just use the classics? I hate it. Stay traditional. Bama doesn't do it. Okay, Bama's the only team that doesn't do it. But Bama's also, outside of Oklahoma, probably has the oldest, most traditional, rich uh, program. And those people definitely wouldn't go for an alternate uniform at all. But the rest of the country does. So what's the big deal? That's my deal. No, I mean, I I would support that. I think that that's... I think if you're going to have a classic uniform, stick to a classic uniform, but you don't really have the... You don't have the years to say that you have a classic uniform, then then just let everybody yeah. have it. Like, wh- why not have an all-crimson? I, I love that look when uh, they did it against Iowa. I know they lost, but that was an awesome look. I think that's everybody's favorite, too, when they did crimson from head to toe. Yeah. That's my favorite look with Bam- when when Nebraska did it in like the 80s. That was a nice look too. When they did it against Oklahoma at home like 87. That's a clean look. I like that look. But that's 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 my favorite look outside the classics. I do want an all black. I do want to see what Oklahoma looks like with a white helmet. Kind of I like the white I like the white alternate helmets that they have. I think those are really nice looking because they're basically just the old 50s helmets which is an OU on it. That's basically all it is. And then they have, um, if they did like all black with that, I think that'd be clean. But are they going to? Because it's kind of like the same color as the uh, the basketball unit. What color is that? Like some sort of gray, like smoky smoky gray or smoky black or whatever. Like what is, what color is that that they use with the basketball when they do it? Uh, man, you got me. You know what I'm talking about? You've seen those uniforms. They're nice looking. Yeah. And if they use that same color on a football uniform – how bad would the donors, how mad would they be at Oklahoma if that happened? Yeah, uh, who knows, but mad enough to pull their money? Probably not, as long as the team keeps yeah. winning. You know, I That's think, just it. I, like, think all... All, I think what it's going to have to take is Lincoln saying that he wants black uniforms. <laughs> I mean, that's that's all it would take. Cause no it, doubt. You know, like, and, and apparently it, it, ain't, it ain't on his agenda. So that's where I come at it. Um, on the field. Right there, I've been playing this game of two questions, really. Well, three, mm-hmm. I think. The first one is, if OU destroys Baylor, does oh, that oh man, does that yeah, hurt? I know where you're going? Yeah, does that hurt him or help him? You know, that, that is a solid question because okay, here, here's my thinking on this. You're gonna have the the faction of the of them saying, well, that's what they all thought of Baylor the whole time. They're they're thirteenth and they were nine and zero and. Yada yada yada, and so Oklahoma should have killed them. And now, when they kill them, it just makes Oklahoma Baylor look like the fraud that they are. And then you'll have the other side going, "Well, Oklahoma looked really good on the road against a team that was nine and zero, and no matter what, they did win every game that they played. No matter how the fa- what fashion it ended in, they were on top every time the game ended. So you're going to have both those. It depends on what side the committee's on. That's going to be the problem. And if Oklahoma does that, say they, they, they kill Baylor, then they go out the next week and they kill TCU, and then they go out and they beat – they go to Stillwater and they win by, say, say 14 to 17 points on the road in Stillwater against a top 20 Oklahoma State team. That's going to – and then Texas keeps winning. Then you go and you beat Texas, and they're a top – they're fringe, top 10, top whatever. They're the top 
three loss team they're out in the country because you know that's what's going to happen if they they went out because um, they dropped they jumped from unranked to 19th after beating number 16 K State and then if K State actually wins out from here on out and they're nine and three that loss against K State looks like the best loss in the country outside of uh, Oregon's loss to Auburn and then what do you do like what do you do if you're the committee that's going to be the question. I, we we sit there and we we the committee's playing with us. And we talked about this yesterday on my radio show. Everybody got in a big argument. They're playing with everybody. Like they're getting everybody to watch. They're like, okay, now we're going to put another SEC team in there because you're going to continue to watch and see how mad you're going to get at the committee the next week. That's what's happening. And they take a snapshot of what it's like that week. That's all it is. So. After all these teams play, what if what if Auburn beats Georgia? Like, what happens? Yeah, it does. No, I'm, I'm rooting for it because Georgia still gets to the SEC championship game. But if they beat LSU, then we have real. Oh, players. mayhem happens then. No, no. What do they do then? Because I want two lost Georgia beating LSU, and I want <clears throat> Minnesota to run the table, so that you end up with two big team teams and two SEC teams. And you know what? Add to it. Let Wake Forest beat Clemson, or let Clemson lose the ACC championship game. Oh, <laughs> dude! Nobody would watch the playoff if that happened. I I disagree. I, I sure as hell wouldn't. I wouldn't care. You're a liar. Like, why would I care? Why You're would I care liar. watching? You... I, I I may watch the national title game, no, but you... I would not watch the semifinal. I I would not care because what significance does whether it not have? You, what, the... Whether or not you care is not whether or not you watch it. Here's here's my beef with all that is because are you doing it because you want eight? Is that why? Because you know it would get it to eight. Hell yes. Okay, I'm just I'm just I, trying I, to get I'm trying to get in the psyche of you. No, where so, you're going like, here. where I'm at with all of this, because it's so stupid how they're doing it right now. Like, I, I get it. People are like, well, they're making the case that Oklahoma didn't deserve it in some years, and then when you go back and look at how the rankings ended, you're like, oh yeah, they did deserve it because they were the only one loss conference title team left that the other teams had two losses. People tend to forget that. Are you talking about last that, year? That, huh? Talking about last year? It, it doesn't. What year did they get in? The seventeen was another year well, that I mean, there was I mean, an issue. I mean, I mean, Ohio State had a conference championship and one loss. <clears throat> Two losses in seventeen. I'm talking about. 18. We went through. I'm we, talking about eighteen. They lost by thirty. Yeah. yeah well, that's what I'm saying. One. That's what I'm saying. So, like, in my head. That was so, but they deserve Oklahoma deserved to get in because of the, that loss. Well, no, the, I'm, a I'm not, that's not what I'm, that's not my issue. That's not my issue, right? Because I would say that all things being equal, you need a committee to to ha- to to basically hammer out that you can't lose by twenty eight to Purdue, and you can lo- exactly and you right. can and you can lose by three to a ranked Texas team. Now, what I find interesting is um, if you look at say ESPN's FBI poll or FBI which is their football power index predictive measure. Mm-hmm. If Baylor runs the table, they have a 58% chance to get into the playoff, which is which should be 100, right? Mm-hmm. And yet and still— and Oklahoma is only like 17 or something like well, that. Well, I mean, be that as it may, Oklahoma took a loss. And in this sport, at this particular— the way that we set it up, you can't take a loss. Mm-hmm. And, and That's you're true. guaranteed to anything. But because if you're you want Baylor, this season to be, mean something. But if you're Baylor, you apparently— can't even win every game and still be guaranteed to get in. Well, here's here's my here's my deal, and it, it goes in line with what you're saying right now. Is the way that the committee has it played out right now? Might as well not even have played the season. 
I mean, well, seriously. No, no but because that, I, because I, I've been yelling about this all week. So do you, I mean, do you I see gotta, where I'm going with this? Yeah, but though? I, I, but I, I mean, I, I walked this out, right? I walked this out in, in, um, in a video, and I should probably, I wrote about it, but I should probably write about it with an OU bent. You, it's SEC biased, but it's SEC biased around everything that we have, and we're responsible for it because the NFL draft took 64 SEC players out of 224. They mm -hmm. took 10 alone from Alabama. They took seven from A&M. They took five from Kentucky, and that's a basketball school, right? The Big 12 right. put 26 in, eight of which came from one school, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah. But if you look at the recruiting rankings, you'll see nine of the top 25 in the 2016 class, right, this senior year, came from the SEC. And the ones that were also mentioned, Penn State had a top 25 class. Uh, Washington was number 29. Nebraska was 24. And yet we had – we had people that ranked Nebraska in the AP and the coaches poll based on what? A four and eight year? No, they based it on what they expected Scott Frost to do in year two. So, like, we're not actually watching the games. We're doing this group think where we're just saying, no, the best players in the SEC. So that's who's going to be at, it, at this thing at the end. And we're looking yeah. at the Pac-12 and we're going, oh, yeah, Oregon had a top 25 recruiting class. And, I, I mean, I'm not saying that people are doing that uh, – superficially i'm saying that it's it's just everywhere like the sec on cbs is having its best year since 1990 ever like that's 30 years that they i mean yeah you know and and you're also talking about lsu bama being the most watched game of the season you know what the second most watched game of the season is oh you texas no georgia notre what? dame hmm. you know so like that's what i'm well, saying that makes sense because notre dame being such a national brand yeah i'm saying we're we're all watching it, is what I'm saying, and and they're watching it, and we're all responsible for two SEC teams getting in, and and the one Big Ten team that people care about being the one that people think is the best, instead of Minnesota getting you know an equal shake here, because they're nine and zero too, you know, and yeah. they're last time they were eight no they won a national championship, and Baylor, hey they ain't played nobody, yes but they haven't lost, you know it's. Or that Appalachia State can get knocked out of the top 25 with a loss to Georgia Southern, but they can get in with a win against South Carolina? Uh, yeah, I mean, or or that 6-3 and three Oklahoma State is you number 22. You want to know why they did that, though? But the, you want to know why they did that? Because it makes a Georgia loss. Doesn't no, I, I, again, I'm saying that we're all responsible. And if we got I, an, I, Yeah, I know, but if we I'm, got just, eight, I'm, just, I'm just agreeing with you with what you're saying. Like, I'm seriously like that. Appalachian State beats South Carolina, which we know they're going to be four and eight to end the season. If we they're going to be four and eight to end the season. If we got an eighteen playoff, I would expect to see three SEC teams, maybe four, just because of the way things break down. Um, and that's just such a shame, like it is, because and then, but, but then you go to these bowl games, and outside of the playoffs, because the top tier teams are really good in the SEC, but when you go to the bowl games, the Big Ten and the Big Twelve dominate every year. Every I year. I don't know about dominate. Hold on. I want you to finish that. Go thought. look at the records. I, go look at the records. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. I want you to finish that thought. Let's take a break real quick. All right, B, your contention is that the Big Ten and the Big 12 are better conferences in the sec because no of no records? not better not not better conferences i'm just saying that we sit there and we say that you know the sec is better top at the top they are they're they're probably better they are better at the top that's not even that's 
a discussion isn't really up to debate because the Big 12 has Texas and Oklahoma, you know, and that's if Texas decides to show up. Um, the Big 10 has Michigan, um, Ohio State, Penn State, and that's about it because Wisconsin comes and goes. Um, I mean, they're there, but they're not consistently ending in the top 10 each and every year. And that's my point. And so you have this where you're going to have multiple SEC teams finishing the top five, top 10 every year. So at the top, they are better. But when you go and you look and you see the rest of the teams outside of the top four or five in the SEC, it's bad. Like it is bad, bad. They get beat. No, I, I mean, I, I did this, right? So like they got, the same amount of teams that with winning records as the ACC, and most people would say that the ACC sucks, right? That's awful. And 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 the Big Twelve has the same amount of teams with winning records as I think the the Pac twelve and the Big Ten, you know. So like, if but that's with four fewer teams than yeah, the than 12, the SEC D. or or the yep. ACC. So I mean, it's just it all depends on how you want to cut it up and how you want to shake it. But what we know is that. The TV numbers predict who gonna, who's going to get into these things. Yeah, you know, and short. And that, of, that's why that's why you can't rule Oklahoma out completely because, and I say they're not getting in, and I'll say that still today they're not getting in as it sits. They're not getting in, but you can't rule them out if they went out and they beat all these top fifteen teams that are going to be in the top fifteen, top twenty to end the season because they're going to have all those. This committee's saying wins matter, right? Well. To an extent, it depends on who you are, obviously, because Alabama hasn't beat anybody. Clemson hasn't beaten anybody, and they're still up there. But Georgia has, and they're number four. Well, Oklahoma's about to be able to have three, four, top 15, top 20 wins. Yeah, you're forecasting. You're, you're forecasting, but I'm talking about I what am. people have done right now. Yeah, that, that's it. Right now, that's why Oklahoma so, is back. So, so right, right now, now, they're not getting in. Right now, Minnesota and Baylor ought to be number four and number five. True. I would agree. That, that's that's because I I think the week to week thing matters, but I think it matters as far as the scoreboard goes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and no, no. I I think both of those teams should be. That's how I had it. I had it. Uh, I had LSU number one, Ohio State number two. I had uh, Minnesota number three. I had Baylor number four. Um, no, no. Sorry, I had Clemson number three, Baylor number four, or Minnesota number four, Baylor number five. That's how I had it. Sorry. And that's what I thought. And I thought, so then I had Oregon, then I had Alabama at number seven, and then so on and so forth. That's how I had it ranked, but my rankings don't matter, obviously. But, I mean, nobody's does but the committees. All right. I want to talk about OU Baylor for just a second because I feel like we, we, I have playoff fatigue already, like playoff rankings fatigue. Yeah, me too. Um, the most intriguing thing I, I see is can the three-man front that Baylor runs get pressure on Jalen Hurts? And if they do, what kind of pressure? Because Bravian Roy at nose and James Lynch at end are loads. And Blake Lynch at linebacker is a dude. Yep. So, so depending on how they decide to employ their pressures, I think this could be an interesting game because if they run the same sort of defense that they did against Oklahoma State to stop – Spencer Sanders and Chuba Hubbard as best they could, at least. I think they can be successful. Yeah, okay. So, my – the way – the other side of it is I also think it's how Oklahoma contains Charlie Brewer because he likes to run around and do his 
you know, Baker Mayfield, Houdini type stuff to get the ball out and or run. And Oklahoma struggled against that against Brock Purdy. Um, they struggle against that a lot. The only the only quarterback that they've really been successful was uh, Sam Ellinger. So I think they're going to have to get back to that. And I think the loss of JMT is big, big, big. And I've been saying that for the past two weeks. That's probably the biggest loss of the season for Oklahoma throughout the whole team as far as injuries go. Um, but to your point on the other side, with Jay, I do. I think I agree with what you're saying as far as getting pressure on Hurts because he does this, you know, one read, two read, maybe a third read quickly and then take off. Um, they're going to have to figure out a way to counterbalance that, whether it's using um, using uh, Kennedy Brooks more, whether it's doing a lot of you know counters to slow him down a little bit, whether it's uh, doing a lot of misdirections. Oklahoma's got to figure out a way to keep those three guys from being a problem as far as pressuring Jalen Hurts. And the way Oklahoma's in the, to do that, Adrian Ely's got to be healthy. Like we've seen the downfall when he's out, that offensive line is not very good. No, I'll buy that. I'll, I also think that it's not very good because Tyrese Robinson has to flex out and do something he doesn't really do. And Bray yeah. Walker, as much as we want him to be there, just hasn't been there. But if if Lincoln hands the ball to the tailbacks, I, I think it goes well. I think everything's fine. I do too. But, but it, is he going to? That's that's that is a very good question. And that's that, <laughs> he that, started out. He started out last game showing us he was going to, and then he just stopped. And well, somehow, some way, Kenny Brooks ends up. Actually, said I went away from what was working. He said those yep. words. So I expect him to stick to it this time. I don't know, man. I I think he. I think it's hard, but it's. I mean, he he used to do it. He used to just say, "All right, we're just going to run the ball down your throat." I don't know what happened. Yeah, me knew, man. He's I, doing he's doing it, but he's doing it with the quarterback because I think he thinks Jalen. Well, we all know Jalen Hurts is basically built like a quarter uh, running back, but. You can only do that so far, and I know it gives you an extra man to block and all that stuff, but, man, it becomes it, – it's not as – because you can't use a lot of the play action and stuff like that off of it. So it makes you – it kind of loses the versatility of your offense when you do that because nobody thinks you're going to hand the ball off to the running back. I mean, there's no use of faking it, right, if you're not going to do it? Yeah. Who's going to fall for that? Yeah, well, I mean – Maybe it's your read. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Um, do you have any recruiting notes that you want to get to? Um, I I mean, I thought Steve Wilkbaum put up an interesting um, tidbit yesterday on Oklahoma's defensive line recruit. Um, Alfred Collins, four-star defensive lineman out of Bastrop, the Austin, out of the Austin area. Um, he – he kind of hedged a little bit, and that's kind of where I've been saying the past couple of weeks, like it looks like it's Texas, but ooh, like Oklahoma is like creeping in there, and they have not relinquished their spot. And until he goes out and publicly says it's going to be Texas, everybody thinks Oklahoma has a chance, and it does. It looks like Oklahoma has a chance. And he even said, I won't be shocked. He goes, I'm going to keep Texas just because of the family stuff, but – if he picks Oklahoma, I won't be shocked. And he said he wouldn't even mind missing on it. So I thought that was interesting, just how 
that's playing out because you would think being a Texas legacy, it would be a done deal. But this kid really loves Oklahoma. So however it plays out, however this ends up one way or the other, it's not going to be shocking either way. And it would be a massive get for Oklahoma if they were able to close that out. Yeah, man. Um, do you have anything else you need to get to? Nope, not at all. All right. I think that's going to do it for this one. Um, dude, have a good show. All right, man. All right. I'll talk to you. See you.